Hey, y'all. You're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your hosts, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. Poppin' everybody. Welcome to another episode of DSM Podcast. This episode, we are going to be talking about the 1972 classic black exploitation film, Superfly. You know, I just feeling myself dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you're listening to this just strictly audio, I feel bad for the visuals that you are currently missing out on. Please mm-hmm. come to the page hopefully it's uploaded on time because my goodness you know we got ourselves the uh uh the original ron o'neill in the house also known as priest hello ladies and gentlemen himself here in the flesh (laughs) okay no just kidding it's just me dr v I'm in disguise. I can see how you be confused and really think that it's him. Yeah, you but know. In addition right. to the star of this film, of Ron O'Neill, this film also uh, starred Sheila Frazier, um, Charles McGregor, Curtis Mayfield did all of the music and played himself in the film he as did. well. Um, you know, so a whole bunch of other people that you probably never heard again from, except for Roscoe Lee Brown. But, you know, everybody else were pivotal, pivotal mm-hmm. characters in the film. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, I thought it was amazing that Curtis Mayfield was in this movie, but then also is like the the person who was in charge of the music because it's mm-hmm. all up, it's woven into that, you know, with that long ass introduction. Um, <laughs> whose idea it was, was 70, that? It was a black exploitation film. You had to start with the overhead. You had to have that camera angle, especially if it was a movie hmm. in the city. Okay. And there had to be a chase scene where the camera was right. basically moving like right running with the camera too. Okay. And like all of those things had to happen in order for it to be a quality black exploitation film. I'm surprised we have not done more black exploitation films. I'm so excited. We should do more because we will. this is my we will. this is my first time doing this. Like, oh my god. Oh wait till next week. <laughs> oh my god. I said, Lord have mercy. All you hear like it's literally the typical 70s, but with funk. Like, yeah. I loved it. It was yeah. amazing. It was As great. every quality black exploitation film is. I am here for it. I love it. It's part of what shape to I am, the person that you know here today. So. I love that for you. Same as well. Same as well. Yeah. See, this is the first time. Uh, this is a different side of you, Rosie. Usually you're <laughs> like, why were you a child watching this? And... <laughs> With Superfly, which is still about, you know, drug dealers, you're like, yeah, no, I get it. (laughs) What's the difference? Mm, Well, I mean, they didn't have it on a table with a white light behind it, you know, or had images of people actually using it. Yes, they did! I mean, all the time. Oh, yeah, you're right. It looks a lot better. It just looks... It just looks... (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, you got me. Drugs look cool in this movie. <laughs> it does. 
Ooh, I said it out loud. It really does look cool in this movie. No wonder why. Oh, yep. I take it back. This movie. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Has influenced an epidemic in our life. Oh. It's pretty cool, though. I'm sorry. Hmm. It is. It's. It's a great film. This film actually, it often gets confused as like a pimp movie, but he's not. He's a drug dealer in this film, and I don't know why it gets categorized as a pimp movie so often. I think yeah. it's just because of the name Superfly. It's that, and he has the pimp hair. Not the pimp hair. Was it a yeah. wig? Did he have on a weave? I feel I was like trying to see, and I couldn't tell. I was like, "This is a wonderful lace front, but is it? Oh. Is it though?" Cause that was too early for a good lace frontal. I think maybe it was a track. Perhaps, cause yeah, it, it, it didn't really flow well. You know? I was like, fix it. Somebody Can somebody make up? Come in and fix that little piece right here. They didn't do their job. Or maybe they did. Maybe, yeah, that's part of, it's supposed to, you know, illustrate the struggle. I don't know. But mm. this film has one of the best in cinemagraphic history, love mm. scenes. I feel Girl. like they was it was so like tastefully done for it to have been a black exploitation film. I feel like it was passionate, it was romantic. Yeah. You don't, it's not overly like it doesn't do too much. You just hear a lot of the water it, and the uh -huh. water sounds is what makes it. Oh, you having a moment? You reliving mm -hmm. it? All right, are you in the tub right now? Okay. I am in the tub. That shit was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> It was the, oh my gosh, that was, that was like one of those scenes. I'm still an adult and I kind of get weird when I see sex scenes on, on, on TV. It's like, I want to look, I can't look. I am an adult. I can look. This is, I can't take my eyes off of it. This one was not awkward. Like, it's like, mm -mm. wow. It was art. Nice. I was like, I want that. Like, can someone caress me like that Surfboard. in the bathtub? Surfboard. Surfboard. Yes. Can I? Can I? Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what's gotten into me today. I think it's Superfly. <laughs> <I think it's> <laughs> <laughs> it's the player, baby. <laughs> it's the player. What can I say? <laughs> but yes, I love this for you. I like. I, I'm. I'm just so happy to bring you. Bring you into this. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel awesome. so cozy. I feel so cozy. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that was one of my favorite <laughs> scenes, honey. Um, but then, well, actually, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, mm -hmm. random as fuck. Okay. Some things go better with Coke. <laughs> I, I, I've never <sighs> tried Coke. I don't ever plan on trying Coke. So I'm going to disagree. Um, I, no, I, I just thought it was interesting because he offered her some, mm -hmm. right? And she said, are you leaving? He put that shit away. He said, I guess that's a no, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put this away. Because I'm not staying here with your ass. I said, okay. He said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. He said, he out of this bitch, bitch. Mm -hmm. um, well, he put yeah. his tidy whiteies on and got the hell up out of there. Okay, and did. I said, y'all better. <laughs> Showing up tight and widest. Put my drawers up. Get up out of here. This is mm. a trip. Okay. 
trying to keep me here. She's like, some things go better because she was in her feelings. But I wonder, did Coca-Cola use that line one time? I, I'm wow. sure they had. Wow, that would have been marketing genius if they had, but I don't know. I'm sure they, because I mean, every time they they show someone with, with the Coca-Cola, they, they eating something, they did. I swear they did use this slogan. Anywho, <laughs> I think I think that the the, the the player is getting it's it's, it's in your brain. <laughs> it's getting to you too much. You're enjoying the player just a little bit too much. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sit in really player. Get comfortable. Get comfortable in your player. Like yeah, yeah, you can't do too much in your player now. Break it down. Bad, y'all. That was, that was me being silly. I'm bad. One thing that was was funny to me, and I was being silly, was when he said, "I might have to put your whole out, your wife out there on the stroll because somebody's okay. going to work tonight, Freddie." <laughs> Somebody, I don't but know it's you. Who. Oh, it's up. Oh, yeah, her. <laughs> Somebody going to work. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Figure it out between the two of you. <laughs> Make it work. I don't know. Money on time. Man. I, it was so funny because I'm like, Freddie, the fuck you smiling for? What? It made me mad. Maybe want to punch him in the face. That's why Freddie's dead. Freddie's dead. Bad and frown. That should be our transition music. Okay. Thank you. Going forward. Thanks. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the other quote that stuck out to me that was made famous by uh, Jay-Z on his album. Was, you know, you got this fantasy in your head about getting out of life, setting that other world on its ear. Fuck you going to do, Seth Hustle. Mm. He said, besides pimping, and you really ain't got the stomach for that. And I was like, is that disrespect? Is that, did, did you just... Testing my gangster? Like, okay. no, he's not a pimp. He, he he has, you know, some basic level for respect for the ladies. We don't want people to, you know. Right. But at the same point, what the, the hell you mean? Baby. Put you on. Okay. Shoot. That's right. You'll be OD somewhere, like you just said, if it wasn't for me. Yeah. That's true. I was trying my man Priest all throughout the movie, and I just wasn't here for it. They were. They were trying him. I know. Wait, like, why did these two base heads just out of nowhere <laughs> take him out? Where they even come from? He's yeah, just trying cause... to be fly, and then he just get molly whopped with a with a leg with a railing. from a chair. <laughs> Is that a railing? Oh, I thought it was a leg from a chair. Oh, Either one, one of them things. Oh, base head, tall ass chair. I don't know. <laughs> you right. You right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Nonetheless, he did get mug whopped. Exactly. <laughs> and they had to go chase this man 15,000 blocks. That's the longest damn run. First time watching, I was like, she, she ain't catching no crackhead. But, you know, he tripped and fell. So. Did, and I'm like, did he throw up his oatmeal? Right. I thought the same thing. I said, ugh, oatmeal. <laughs> it oatmeal. It came out slow. It's like, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> That 
was undefeated throw up. It was like, I can't even lift my head. <laughs> you win. <laughs> <laughs> Surrender. <laughs> That's when I know you've had enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can't get over this mustache that you have on. It's everything. I fucking love this mustache. I'm gonna start doing this forever. <laughs> Every show. My mustache. <laughs> but uh, speaking of how people was uh, trying priests, I just think this was a good depiction of somebody who felt like they didn't have any other options. We talk a lot of times about how gangster films and just people who are choosing to be street professionals, professionals within within the streets, just feel like there are a lack of options. And he kind of even explained that to Georgia in the film of like, with my record, like, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't be a civil service employee. I can't, like, I can't. And so just feeling like he had a lack of options and then being successful in one endeavor, but also knowing like, yes, I do have choices. This isn't the life that I want to live. I want out. And we kind of get the the old um, tale, time old tale of one last hurrah mm-hmm. and how that often does not always end well. Yeah, it tends not to end well. And, you know, that was lucky for him. Oops, spoiler alert. My bad. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, it does work out for him in his favor. And at first, like, I was so confused. Like, who are these men that he's meeting with? And why are they covering it with music? Let us in on what they're talking about. Like, that was my only pet peeve of that particular thing. But otherwise, I was like, oh, my gosh. What's going on here? I didn't know until the end when he got into that really crazy, cool, slow motion fight. Mm. Karate. (laughs) Karate. Karate. And so, yeah. That was hilarious. Oh, I get it now. Those are the white hitmen he was talking about. Yeah, because, you know, black hitmen aren't going to get the job. Right? (laughs) I, I hired the best. White ones. White. Oh no, not white ones. <laughs> that we should be laughing at that, but that was <laughs> that meant real shit back then. <laughs> I mean, it was the seventies, and you know the the um the organized crime rings <laughs> were legit a thing at the time. So I could only imagine that probably was real. It was very real, you know, um, but. I, so is it is it like common that the acting in the seventies is kind of similar to? <laughs> I just just prepare me for these type of films that was gonna be like with Mac. Oh God! <laughs> oh, it is like when that but it adds came to up, the greatness. It adds to the greatness. It does. It's what makes it so much fun. Like, these are regular people who they just gave a shot. You know what? These people who wanted to make this movie, they they wanted the oddest depiction. So they just right. went out and got their homies and said, say this. Yes. yes. And they did it. Like, the, the actor for KC the Pimp or whatever him name is. These hoes embarrassing me. 
I swear and he messed cheese up. And all. <laughs> yeah, I think he messed up his line. By the way, probably. But, yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> but he's only a, you know you could run out of film. It wasn't digital back then, so they just had to keep going. I had to keep going. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I didn't know that like he was a real life pimp though. And me, but he, he played the part. He looked it too. So I mean, obviously, he didn't it. need wardrobe. That's he what didn't he came need it. At. He said, "Fuck out of here." <laughs> I'm fresh as fuck. Put my shit on, okay? <laughs> Go home Make sure the camera quick. picks this up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I can't. Anyway. But my question is, why was the drug montage so long? So It's like so long. <laughs> they had to show you all of the people, the drug dealers who are in the game. Making the money. I guess. I don't we, know. we saw all of them. We saw yeah. all of them because it was it was a nice little bit of time dedicated to that. It was very artsy because it wasn't just any type of like montage. Like it was it was like, you know, the cuts and the zooming in and the different angles. <laughs> Speaking of artsy, I mean, uh, just last year, the film was selected for preservation in the, the U.S. National Film Registry uh, as being culturally, historically and aesthetically significant. Yes, it is, because this is like the foundation of our culture, our current culture, if anything, because <laughs> I mean, she, she, it's like, it's, I mean, you just mentioned that Jay-Z used it, this, this song, the songs alone have mm-hmm. been sampled several times throughout the history of hip hop. I mean, we can go on and on about how that has impacted just the the music alone from this movie. I mean, we got fashion that was in, that made its impact as well. I mean, because my man was free. I mean, you can't be super fly. He's several little outfits like now, like the okay. brown leather joint. I'd wear Baby. that. Now. All right. The, the the gray suit with the the print gray leather. Gray Honey, but that I said yes. That's the pattern. It was a pattern. If, listen, if New York and Company come up with that pattern right now, baby. Mm-hmm. There you go, New York and Company. Come on, I hope you deliver home. Okay. Do all counselors shop at New York Company? Is that like a thing? Like <laughs> I think it might be. It might be our it's clothing like- store. <laughs> at least, at least for the women of color. Yeah, true. Very true. Very true. Mm. Um, did you diagnose priests at all? You know, I was struggling because even as I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, Courtney, here you go again. Give me this hard ass movie to diagnose. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, life is hard. <laughs> well. Stories are complicated. You're right. You're right. They multifaceted or whatever. Um, so for this one, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, what am I going to diagnose him with? And the only one that I came up with was adjustment disorder. Now, friends, for you who are not in the profession, adjustment disorder, I feel like, is every counselor or therapist go to when they just don't know what to put to put down. But I'm we have kidding. to be reimbursed because of insurance. So exactly. we got to put something down. I'm kidding, but I'm not. Um, because you <laughs> do have to, especially if we're going to build that for that first session, you have to have a diagnosis. And it's usually that adjustment disorder for most, for most people, especially when we're just starting out. Because a lot comes and we are able to um, amend that diagnosis and add additional um, diagnosis if needed. So for me, I typically for clients that I'm getting to understand and know would use adjustment disorder. And I use um, 
for him, I wouldn't say that they're maybe anxious um, because there is a specifier for it. Um, so I would say adjustment disorder, anxious, specified um, specification. I need to find it first. I'm talking about I was about to say you mean <laughs> adjustment disorder with anxious mood. Anxious mood. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm over here looking real, real tough trying to talk and do both at the same damn time. And so I didn't look at um, necessarily adjustment, but I completely agree with you that that definitely could be something to consider as far as making sure that we are addressing all the things because I um, diagnosed him with a substance use disorder, mm-hmm. moderate for cocaine. <laughs> yeah. And but I definitely feel like it was the a lot of the times where he was anxious, where things were high stressful, where there was a lot going mm-hmm. on or he had to have tough conversations is when he did take a couple bumps here and there. It was outside of just the, you know, some things go better with Coke. <laughs> OK, anxiety is much better with Coke. <laughs> no, friends, that's <laughs> not true. Don't no, do please that. don't self-medicate don't do in that. that way, because we see that it doesn't work out well. And don't, it didn't work don't. out well for him either. Right. Um don't be getting no smart ideas snoring your medicine either. Oh, gosh. Please. I hadn't even... Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Um, but aside from that... <laughs> I was concerned with how okay everyone was with using Coke and you sell Coke. I have always grown up on the don't get high Mm -hmm. on your own supply. And so the fact that everyone was just okay with snorting the Coke and y'all sell the Coke, it was a little concerning to me. It was. It was. Now that you make that that point, I'm like, damn, they was out here doing their own shit. I love that little unk he was rocking. I was like, all right, right on. And then he dipped that shit. Not a spoon. I think, that, I think it kind of defense defeats the uh the message. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> took it all away. And I was just like, oh, that's just a little tool to get like mm-hmm. no, that's actually meaning. But, anyhow, but his tool had to be woke too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you better feed that third eye. It went straight up. Bing. Uh, oh no, not feed the third eye. <laughs> 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 I play too much. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, can't. <laughs> I know. I know. So I don't know. I I guess I, I completely didn't even think about the like cocaine use. Oh, okay. Like, this didn't is pay attention to that. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> I was just more concerned with the fact that he's struggling to get out this game, and he's having some some difficulties, and um. It's he meets the criteria I feel like for that particular diagnosis, but I will definitely add cocaine <laughs> use moderate. Yeah, and I think there were just some other like things that I noticed about him as well, and just a warning that I would like to give to all of our listeners as um uh, a sometimes spokesman for the light skin delegation, uh, calling telling us that we look white, calling us white. Um, you know, referencing that we are in some way closer to white. All of that will get you backhand smacked. Just like he smacked the shit out of that one <laughs> dude. Because he said, answer me, you white looking. He couldn't even get it all he out. He couldn't even Free get it out. Shit out of him. He sure <laughs> did. 
Aisha don't play that shit. We don't like it. We sensitive. We know we bright. Mm. And so when we don't need you to call attention to that. And if you do it in a disrespectful way, be open that you might get slapped. And this is your PSA. <laughs> the more you know. We're sensitive about our shit. <laughs> Damn. And then, I mean, I appreciate Eddie, you know, kind of having having his back, you know, and, and showing his pistol like, nah, chill out. You don't want them problems. Picking and choosing when it, you know, was convenient to him. When it was convenient to him. So let's talk about Mr. Eddie. Oh, Lord. I won't done talk about Priest, but let's get into Ooh. Eddie. Oh, because no, no, we, we come can back talk to about Priest. Uh, no, we come back no? to Priest okay, because right. Priest was the star of the movie. And Eddie, I just don't... <sighs> Fucking Eddie. He made okay. me so angry. How dare you? Mm. You ungrateful sons of bitches in the words of uh, uh, <laughs> Eddie Griffin. No. I mean, not Eddie Griffin. David Ruffin. <laughs> I be all confuzzled just because out of my anger. Mm. Just how mm. dare you? But I mm. definitely diagnosed him with my favorite diagnosis of player hate and dickhead, which is a personality disordered. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just, uh, uh, I'm so mad at him. How dare you? The person that brought you into the game. He's your partner. He's willing to to share everything with you. You could have just kept selling for the white man and let him go. I just don't understand why you felt like you needed to sell him out in this way. And for the criteria that I felt like he met was perceiving and interpreting himself, other people and in, in, in events in an altered way, which I felt like he knew for himself that he wasn't shit. Like you made me this and this mm-hmm. is and who I am and they will let me live a, a long life if they allow it and you think that that's okay like you don't have your own identity enough outside of being a drug dealer that you can't fathom a life outside of the hustle and so that for that I was disappointed in him as well as him not being able to see priests as as you know an an entity of wanting to get out and what his life would an existence would look like outside of hustling the affect the range um his appropriateness of emotional response and trying to get scattered to help um, mm. he go fly off the handle. Like, yeah. chill. We we asking for a favor. Like, you you doing the most. That's why right. scatter almost shot you. Calm down. Just, you know, he was, oh, he was doing shit that was making me angry. And then the impulse control and then picking up the phone immediately after that, man. You couldn't even let him get a head start. Fucking rat. And then also, when did the... That must have been a good neighborhood because the police showed up real quick. Hell no, that wasn't no good neighborhood. He already had the motherfuckers on speed dial. Mm, 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 mm. Posted up. <laughs> Ready to go. He sure did. He was did. waiting on him. He sure did. Yep. Damn. Bastard. I'm just so angry even thinking about it. How dare you, Eddie? How right. fucking dare you? You player hate dickhead. I just hmm. he was a big one. So a I feel like I could one. not exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I could not treat Eddie if he came into into my office. I wouldn't want him as a client, but you know, we can't just refuse people just because we don't like them. So like if you say you were my supervisor and I were to come to you and I were to say, like, this asshole's a fucking rat. I don't want to treat him. How would we work through that in supervision? Because I feel like we talk a lot on the show about like this individual I would need to seek supervision for to make sure that I'm, you know, delivering a certain level of quality of care. Like, how would you how would you respond to me if I would be like, he's a fucking snake. Fuck him. I can't be Mm -hmm. like that if he's my client. How would you help me? (laughs) Right. Right. So, you know, that's an interesting thing because 
when you have a relate you want to have a relationship with clients right and so you do want to have a mutual respect between you and the client at some point so that's one of the things that i would remind my supervisee is that there does need to be a mutual understanding of some type of respect um and if you really don't like a person then i would i would try to figure out and work through with the with the supervisee or with you and saying okay so what are some absolutes that we need in order for us to do our job effectively kind of going through okay as a counselor what are your responsibilities ethically um do you see this issue getting in the way of you being able to perform your your duties ethically uh for this client um and then um ultimately if it got to a point where you really despised this hmm. player hating dickhead and I do and do then sometimes I and this is something that is very it's taught differently you know and it's used in different case examples differently but that's when you can refer out right um and by referring out friends that means that I would uh the counselor would then tell the client that this is a relationship that may not be beneficial to their treatment um and letting them know that they might that it's time for them to terminate it, and it depends on the number of sessions you've also had with this individual as well right because um are we learning this as you know he's telling us this story over several sessions have we build rapport and then you're starting to learn like i just don't like how this person operates or the and that's very different than someone who's walking in your door the very first session and you realize they tell you some bullshit and you're like i can't agree with this those are two separate different scenarios especially working with within supervision and what i would say in both of those situations is one on the hand of, of this person is coming in and you don't really have much other than what they filled out for your paperwork you have the ethical obligation to sit with them and get to know them understand them hear them um and if you find that it's not a good fit you can refer out but we can't just refer out based off of mm, i don't like this person because of how they look how they dress or their story um that's unethical Um but if it's over several sessions and you starting to realize I'm not vibing with this person, I don't like this person, it's okay to refer out too because you need that that's a part of the rapport building. You know, that's that's needed within the counseling relationship in order for there to be success within the the treatment plan and all those things. So that would be my response. I don't know if that answers okay. your question. Okay. It no it definitely does and I definitely <laughs> will have to sit with that in supervision because I do think that so much work could be done with Eddie. I don't think I think that street cred wise there's no redeeming him. But like actual civilian life wise there definitely is the opportunity to like just build identity. Who are you? Like who are you outside of hustling? Is hustling all that you are? Okay, then how come you ain't that good at it? So let's build it. Let's build it that. Like let's look at <laughs> what other things, you know, make you happy. What other things are existential? I would really like to do existential work with um with Eddie and really kind of dig into you know what's the deeper meanings there. I think that work could be done with him. I think work could quality work could be done with Priest as well. With him exiting the game and him and Georgia kind of going and starting this life with each other. Like looking with Priest and some of that um I would like to do reality therapy based work. Um and looking at what 
what areas is it belonging? Is it like, what is it that you feel like is an area that is lacking for you? What are the things that you're doing to, to improve that? What, are, what do you want that to look like? And how do we get there? Um, because I think that with extra supports, with extra guidance, as far as just looking at options and, and possibilities for him, I think that that would be very helpful because he does have the drive. He has the want. He really is wanting to change his life. And, you know, he has the the hitman to on on standby in the event that <laughs> he, he gets a, a hangnail, something happens. Right. Um, so he has uh, lots of possibilities coming out and he has $100,000 for him to, you know, go ahead and do things with. Yes, I could use some of that to pay off these student loans. Mm. This is a message for President Biden. I don't want to have to start selling drugs. The end. But don't push me. Okay. Because I've been right. watching these movies since I was a kid, and I, I know how the game goes. Lose. Okay. Lose. <laughs> Anywho. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Priest, that's if Eddie lives. Because mm. if Priest got a hitman for the honky, honky, what they call him? It's a honky. Okay, I said honky. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. Hunky, hunky. Just your childhood. What were you doing? <laughs> as a child? I was being a child, and I still am. <laughs> okay, Michael Jackson. Anyway, but I don't see Priest. I see Priest still having a soft spot for Eddie. I feel like he because he knew that Eddie was going to set him up. He knew it. That's why he had Georgia come dressed up in the, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's why he had her come meet him in the elevator because he knew that that is where it was, he knew it was going to unfold like that. He knew that Eddie was just not where he needed him to be. And that's a big lesson, people, is that you have to trust people. Once they show you who they are, trust who they, trust who you know them to be. And Mm so he played Eddie being a rat against him. And I think that if he wanted to kill Eddie in that moment, he had the chance, opportunity to. I think that that still was his friend, his partner at the end of the day. And so while, like, I have to accept that you're a rat, I just have to separate myself from you. Like, I, I don't want to kill you because you you were somebody who was important to me for a very long time. But it's just this is this is where it ends. I don't see him ever speaking to Eddie, reaching out to Eddie, calling them when they get in their 60s to chop it up about old times. None mm. of that. I feel like he was a rat. He betrayed me and I knew that's what he was going to do. He fed into my plan. That is what it is. And now I'm skipping off into the sunset. And mm-hmm. my thing is how long it will the... Lieutenant, commissioner, deputy. Okay, the white police officers. How long are they going to let Eddie live and be great and stuff for him mm-hmm. until he mess up and then they kill him like they did scatter? So mm-hmm. I don't know if I would ever even see Eddie as a client for me to have to work through all of this stuff as supervision nope. to then come to a place to, to uh, treat him. Mm-hmm. But I can't say it would be hard. It would be hard. It would be hard. Yeah. I believe that I could leave, you know, my inner gangster at the door and eventually do the work. Yeah, it just would take me a second. Like, I'll have to process it for a second. Yeah. And then, I, yeah. then I'd be back in the here and now and in the moment. I get that. I get that. I, I still believe that Priest is going to have him killed. Mm-hmm. Because Eddie's going to try to come after him himself. or so, Because Why? we don't know about Eddie. We don't know. Because Eddie, I don't know. But if Priest is walking because, away from the game, what benefit would he get from having Priest dead? 
You're right, I guess. I just don't trust him. I would, I would Good just. Good point. Good point. Like, and then, I mean. You never know what player hating dickheads. Their right. cognition is, is altered. Right? So, I mean, with Priest, he's like, I don't want to kill nobody and I don't want to end up iced. So I'm trying to get out. And yes, I get iced. that. Okay? <laughs> My 70s lingo. Because um, <laughs> these cats need to understand. All right. Um, Jive turkeys. Um, so, <laughs> so with, with that being said, I do feel like that's why he had those hitmen hired. And I think he covered his entire bag. Like, not just with one side. I think he would also make sure Eddie was like, don't come, don't come around these pots. Yeah, I think he might have a plan that just wasn't revealed to us in the event that Eddie comes. I don't think that it's necessarily a hit the same way it was for the no. lieutenant deputy commissioner. Mm-hmm. I think they just mm-hmm. threw a whole bunch of police titles together. They sure did. I was like, anywho. Um, I, however, do like going back to the point of trusting people for being who they are. Mm-hmm. When Cynthia, the white girl. Yeah, let's call her that. I don't know her was, name. Was... Um, was just so like, oh, you can't leave the game. Oh, just what what are you going to do? This, That's how you know who is for you and who ain't for you. When you're talking about loving up your life and somebody is still trying to keep you at that same negative mm. place that you feel like you are ready to move past from. She was not happy for him to 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 elevate. Mm-mm. She was not. She wanted the real one. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, pick me ass heifer. I just selling his coke and just uh, no, he don't want to skip off into the sunset with you. With your flat booty. Mm-hmm. Shoot. He laying in bed with the one leg up and it don't even jiggle. Ugh, that's terrible. It didn't jiggle. <laughs> Must be James. <laughs> 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 Let me go to bed. I'm go after this, I'm going night night. What did you think about the most comical character, Freddy? Freddy's dead. Um, other than wanting to have a punchable face, can that be a diagnosis? Wow. Punchable face. Um, I mean, clearly police did it. All that fake blood, that bright red paint they had on <laughs> Who I, I didn't even know who it was when I saw him. Oh, who that man? <laughs> Why I'm like this? <laughs> no, I had no idea. So yeah, um, I really just didn't even give him a diagnosis, other than like, I don't know. He was just an annoying character for me, especially with his like what the scene with his girlfriend with his wife. I guess. And like, first of all, first of all, why is she here? Second of all, she was extra too. I have you don't see, you don't see, yeah, you don't see your wife flirting with the man. You okay with it? And, and then, then you don't let her hold late. the money. Okay, bitch. Give my money. Oh. I'd have reached in and got give my shit back. Give my shit. Okay. And then this stupid ass giggle he had. <laughs> what you, what? 
Sir, do you not recognize that we are drug dealers, sir? This is a legal activity that we are. These are serious matters in which you are engaging in. And you think it's okay for you to just show up with late with the money. You think it's okay for you to just be fucking up. I recognize that I said the drop in front of you. And then that's when the police came and and found out when the drop was. Like, you can see it in his eyes. He he realized that he shouldn't have said it in front of Freddie. Like, and and then it just so happened that they they popped up. Mm Mm-hmm. At the drop. Okay. And then, so then, I, yeah, I have a lot to say about Freddie because he was just really ridiculous. First of all, how the, he just walks into this apartment knowing damn well you owe this man money, smiling. Sit you thought he was going to take it on easy on you because you, you was happy? Just cheesing like, you know, I got everything going for myself. Sit down. <laughs> this other man starts talking. And I'm thinking... Oh, they're having a conversation about another Freddie. No, they're having a conversation about Freddie sitting right here, who is still what? Cheesing. The fuck? I was so annoyed. And then, how are you going to get pulled into the police station for being somebody else? Not because they took your drugs, not because they didn't have their money for your drugs, but because they what? Was holding your wife's hand? What was that? What? what? Did yes. Yes. And then you heard the police sirens and didn't even try to run. You're just going to keep beating them with beating the brass knuckles. With the brass knuckle. And then so had you know on, that you got a weapon and you just going to stay there. Okay. And, and then you get away from the police and you run in front of a car. And then die. Was that, was that what that was? Because his eyes just... Hmm. I hate him. I hate him. It, it had the audacity. So can we agree that Freddie deserves to die? You know, <laughs> you usually don't like it when I say that. <laughs> I usually don't, but you, yeah, yeah, because he was just worth killing off, Lord, because he just, he just, ooh, <laughs> ooh, he made me angry. <sighs> mm. He made Priest angry, too. <laughs> oh, look, okay, I would have been kicked him out the game. I ain't giving him no more nothing, okay? Tell him and his wife to go over there and get some real jobs. And, and if that's it, what he needed. That's what he needed. He, he needed, needed to be a vacuum salesman or something of the sort. Mm-hmm. Because drug dealing is just not your strength, Freddie. It's just not. It was not. It was not. I, I don't want no violence, man. Bro, you late with my money. You don't get to tell me what you do and what you don't do. Okay. And then, and then you, but you use violence. We, well, you want to use violence. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And this is why I wouldn't have, I couldn't be in the drug game either. Cause then I would be like, priest, I don't want to have to kill nobody. But sometimes you got to do it. Oh, oh, it's taking over. <laughs> <laughs> you sat, you sat too oh. deep in the player. You sat in the player oh. a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the mustache is just, wow. It's just, it's really, <laughs> it's really taking over. Wow. Mustache. I don't know who I am today, friends. <laughs> I can't with my my pimp hat. My pimp hat is not sitting. It's doing the Erica Badu today, honey. It's doing the Ray J. Is what it's doing. It's moving all over my head. <laughs> it's gonna be in a different spot every second. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. It's, it's too much. <laughs> That was good. Thank you for that one. 
<laughs> you are, but it's still cute. You almost done. <laughs> Who else huh. we got on this list? Because that um, was a lot. <laughs> just wanted to say how much I appreciated Georgia. I just love her. She was so fly. And her uh, fur hat with the with the, the coat with the matching hat I and the boots in the winter in the snow. Mm. Like, oh, I got a couple of these. That's okay. I could I could wear them through the snow and the slush, and that's fine. Okay, okay. I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. I she was a writer. Me. She dressed up and for the for the okie doke, mm-hmm. hand off the bags. She was ready. But I know my role. Let's let's go. Where where are okay. we moving to, boo? I said, who's this old lady coming in the elevator? We got to go down. I said, wait a minute. Oh, oh. Now he kissed the old lady. Oh, that's oh, Georgia. Oh, okay, Georgia. Listen, loved it. And very, we see, because at first it seemed like they just hook up buddies. And then Georgia's like, yeah, no, you're going to have to open up. Mm-hmm. She put she set her boundaries in the relationship. Like I'm just trying to be here for you. So what's she seemed, up? She seemed a tad bit abusive. Abusive? Tad. Yeah, because she like she had popped the one good time. Oh yeah. Stop the Stop the real good. Shook his hand. Come here, baby. Let me make good, sweet, passionate love to you in this bathroom. Oh my God, it happened. Because that's his voice. <laughs> that's how he sounds. Better live. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. This mustache and thing is taking over. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I just wanted to take a second to shout out Georgia. And the last person that I even considered for diagnosis was Scatter. Um, I while didn't I? You gave priest adjustment disorder. I more so uh, saved that for Scatter because I felt like he was having a real hard time with, am I out the game? Am I in the game? Am I a chef? Am I a drug dealer? Am I in? Am I out? He was doing a hokey pokey with the coke. And it just it just felt like a lot. And so I gave him adjustment disorder um, with anxiety, actually with disturbance of emotions and conduct because mm. he was doing the most. And I just yeah. felt bad for Scatter. They didn't have to kill him. They didn't have to kill him. I just don't, I didn't understand what. Okay, so when he came to old girl house, Cynthia, how did he know he was there? Okay, first of all, okay, okay. and then and then second of all, <laughs> how are you gonna tell someone to go into their room in this day house? But when you a pimp, you just know how to do things. You know what I'm saying? You run it, you do what you gotta do. He ain't a pimp. He a drug dealer. Let's get it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, but his pimp game was strong. There's a <laughs> differential between the two. Okay, all right. So she gets up, runs her ass into the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> and he starts like, your room. <laughs> and <laughs> he starts talking to Scatterman, and he's like, "Oh, my mortgage is just a piece of paper." And okay, so he basically was ba- saying that. I have no money because I didn't pay my bills. 
No, that's not what he was saying at all. So yeah, Scatter's whole plan was to go legit the same way as Priest was. Pre- Scatter really just wanted to be a legit businessman. He mm-hmm. didn't have options at first, so he was he was in the game. And mm-hmm. so then his plan was to get out on his clubs. On he he owned and um purchased the buildings on that city on block. The, the two blocks. And so oh. he had real estate as well. Mm-hmm. What it, what what he was saying is that because this white man is in this position as l- lieutenant deputy commissioner chief and the chief of staff whatever the fuck his title was uh-huh. he was taking all of, all of that away from him and so oh. all of a sudden his business was in jeopardy different things were like and so he said like yeah I did all of this but it's just pieces of paper they're trying to take everything away from me so really mm-hmm. I don't have nothing because it's they could take it all away at any mm-hmm. point in time because of you know who he is and what we're dealing with and so mm-hmm. then he felt like he was again in the space of not having any options mm, I see I see Mm-hmm. Poor Scatter. It's not fair. Scatter. Why they do him like this? He just wanted to be a chef with his little chef outfit. Okay. I loved it. And the hat. It was really hatting. He took his hat off when he got on his gates and shit. Then he was like, all right, let's go back all out right, there. Okay. Let me put my hat back on. <laughs> took me out of character for a second. Oh, boy, RD. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I am back to myself. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, okay, now I get it because I'm like, wait, all of a sudden you got mortgages and shit. Wait, what? You broke? Scatter me in. Go scatter somewhere, broke boy. But that's not the case. But I said it's not the case. I'm not, I'm not a broke boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just, it's so frustrating to, to see though. Like, you have these people who are doing these things just to get a way out to get to a starting line where they can they all want to go legit they all just want businesses that they can work and sustain and contribute to society mm-hmm. but be they're being forced out of those positions because they're viewed as less than they're viewed as as pawns you work for me you can't do all mm-hmm. of these other things you're not good enough to do that and so it, it, it was just very disheartening to see it so I'm glad that you know Priest was able to get away I just hate that with black exploitation fails, we have to celebrate the one individual getting away as opposed mm-hmm. to the entire community prevailing in in defeating Honky. The man. Yeah, Ofe. and it makes Shea me White. think. Shut up. <laughs> 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 you still talking about this white man? <laughs> no. Yes. So, hmm. It makes me think when you're describing basically the the storyline or the plot of this movie, it, this is not something that's new for Hollywood. Um, as it's continued to come in different forms, whether that's like, you know, power, um, that's like an infamous current one. Oh, not, actually, Snowfall um, is more of the current one that that's kind of going through this whole, I'm going to sell drugs and then I'm going to get out the game type of mindset. Um and it sucks because, like you said, it's it's at a cost for something or a, a group of people. It's what we will call like um, like an ethical dilemma, right? Where you have two split train tracks on one train track, you got a crowd of people who could die, and then on one uh, train track, you got a child. Which which train do you decide to send the track, uh, the the train that you send the, the track to or on? Whatever you get, what I'm saying. So. Um, in this scenario, it's like he chose himself, but then it seems as if the greater good for the community is still suffering because now you've introduced this drug into your neighborhood. 
because we get to see the glorified side of this, of course, in most situations, especially for Hollywood. We see the glorified drug dealer who's just trying to get out the game, but then we don't necessarily see the rise and how it impacted the neighborhoods that they sold to. It's also the 70s, and I think Coke cocaine was viewed at viewed as a little bit differently it's not like he was sell, selling heroin at the time like he was selling yeah. the body drug he was selling the thing everybody's taking mm-hmm. bumps it's and not seeing it as um as, as detrimental as some of the other substances that unfortunately have been flooded in our community but i think that's the biggest thing and why i don't feel kind of i feel it's kind of separated from the ethical dilemma of it as much as this was an intentional systemic purposeful plan that was done to our community Mm -hmm. and so i don't i have a very hard time viewing the individuals who were used as pawns in in it as Mm -hmm. anything other than pawns and who were used and victims of Mm -hmm. the system as we all are as a Mm -hmm. and and i have a hard time with anyone who tries to really villainize drug dealers in that way because it is you aren't then looking at their perspective of not having any options. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you rather he do in that moment if he can't get a job, if he can't do things that would sustain him to make a life and contribute to society in a certain way, then what, what do you want him to do? And mm-hmm. so, and in his mind, he created a family. That's how he was presenting it, especially throughout the beginning of the movie of, we can push this. We have a family that's strong. He viewed it as he built up this crew. He empowered these people. He's getting putting money in the pockets of these individual people who he's around who wouldn't have again, wouldn't have options had they not been presented with the opportunities that they were given. And so it's kind of hard to view it as anything other than that. For me personally, I don't judge anyone else for seeing it. I just can't view it in any other way just because one, I've seen people who felt like they didn't have any other option and Two, I can't, I can't judge someone for things that they've done out of desperation to survive. Mm-hmm. Cause who knows what I would do? We said on here, sell a cash for emergencies only. So if I get into an emergency, <laughs> <laughs> we just said we don't want to sell drugs, but these loans is, is you know knocking on our door. So when you are at a point where the system has fucked you over so much. I still feel like it can still be an ethical dilemma though, right? Where you're just like, okay, so what do I choose? I mean, you're only given these two shitty ass options, right? <laughs> like, shit, I had a real big ethical dilemma. This is shit, but this is shittier. Which one do I take? It's only an ethical no. dilemma is if you view drug dealing as unethical. If you don't Not view drug dealing drugs as unethical, <laughs> no. If you view it as if I don't sell these drugs, somebody else is. Then it doesn't. It, to me, it, it, it's it's hard to 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 force my ethics and what I view to be right and wrong on someone else's situation. <laughs> but I fully get and understand what you're saying. It's just to mm-hmm. me, it's only you're only in that situation if you view it as unethical. And we see like the whole tech brothers come and try to sit down mm-hmm. with him and it's like, you gotta pay your dude, da 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 you doing you moving and shaking in our community. Da-da-da. He like, well, when you ready to kill Whitey, I'll be right there with you. Until then, mm-hmm. get the fuck out my face. Cause I got some shit to do and some people coming to see me. Don't let them find your ass here when they get here. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. However, 
<laughs> I will say that Eddie was still one of those like kind of things that was trying to keep him in, right? So he did have to make a decision on like, yeah. do I continue this because I know that he's going to need me or this family that I've mm -hmm. established is going to need me. So I feel like there was a decision that he had to make and, and he chose himself. Yeah. And that was, I need to get out of this because I want more for myself. I want to do yeah. something different. Um, and it's not always easy. I, I guess maybe it was boundary setting for him. And, you know, setting boundaries can be really difficult and hard because we have to put a, you know, a strict line and saying, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Or no, this is not what I'm willing to do. And I think this is an example, an interesting example of boundary setting. <laughs> but I also want to go back to a point you said as far as like, you know, it, this time and era being in the 70s and it being a, a party drug and where we are now currently, you know, and just like, how um, moral and values have changed over the over the decades since this movie, obviously, or this time period, and how we're interacting with people who are drug dealers, but you know, there are real issues bigger than what was presented in this particular movie or this era in time. And how do you work with those types of clients, you know, and and seeing that what they're doing, they have no remorse. They're like. It's just the game. How do you tap into that as far as helping them understand that there's more and helping them see? Because I, I feel like that's a challenge now for me, especially, you know, working with black boys, especially is like they're they are surrounded. Every corner has a new gang or a new person that's trying to recruit them into their shit, you know, so like it really feels like they have no option. But how do you as a clinician help them see that there are options? when they when they don't have too many mm -hmm. i think that goes back to that because we even see we see that with priests where he don't view drug dealing as a terrible act but he still knows that it's not the lifestyle that he wants for himself any mm -hmm. longer um and so really just tapping into what does the future look like what what are the things that you do want are these are, what you're doing right now is that going to get you to the place that you do want is how is what, even if we break it down to a very basic solution focus, you had the magic wand, you could live any, any way that you wanted to. Life could look however you want it to look. Bibbidi bop boop, what does it look like? Make me feel like I'm there. And from them describing what that is, okay, so here is where we are. What is something that can move us one step closer to that? Mm -hmm. And so breaking it down into those smaller things, because, again, at the end of the day, it's not our job to judge. It's not our job, our job at all to give advice. And so it's all about what it is that the client wants for themselves. And if they're not at a place or ready to necessarily make an entire or have the resources, more importantly, to make an entire lifestyle change. OK, mm -hmm. what are the things that are within our control for right now? How do you get at a, a, a closer place of wholeness for you and for yourself? so that you can relieve some of this distress. Because if you're at a point where it's causing you distress, then clearly something does need to change. And what are the things that are within your control that we can begin to change? Because the the more that you allow light in, the more that you no longer crave the darkness mm -hmm. and you're gonna seek the light more and more. And so just beginning the steps. I always talk about how it's 
one step in front of the other. It's a stair step. We're building tools on top of building tools. How do you become a more effective individual? And so whether it is you working on leadership style because they got these people that's mm-hmm. working for them. <laughs> okay, we mm-hmm. need to look at communication. All mm-hmm. of those things are going to, at the end of the day, also make that person a better individual. They're going to interact with their family a little bit more differently. They're going to act maybe with their children um, in, a, in, in a more effective way. And also things that would be decreasing the likelihood that they get killed out here in these streets because some of that impulse control, that reactivity, that separation from self are the things like we see with Eddie that cause negative reactions. And so, and Freddie. Mm. Yeah. Let's just not be dumb. Let's work on not being dumb. And why is your affect not matching the situation? Like there's so many different things that you could look at to work on with each each and every single one of these uh, people about how can you just be more effective in your everyday day-to-day living? Mm-hmm. Let's look at that first. And then if we does get to a point where you're ready to make a lifestyle change, okay, then what does that look like? And move on going forward from there. Um, I feel like I said a lot and said nothing at the same time. <laughs> I feel like you answered the question perfectly. Thank you very Wonderful. much. So I just have one um, last little thought about how amazing Curtis Mayfield is, about how he made the music that is representative of the time, of the film, mm-hmm. that he looks like a postal worker in the face. He looks like he should be like... Um, uh, uh, he should work at Steve's Meats. Like he's back Wait. behind the counter chopping up oh. the ribs and making like. meat packages. Yes, that's what he looks mm-hmm. like to me. And I can't get over it. And every time I see him, no matter how good the music sounds, I'm always like, yeah, he looks like he sorts the mail. He looks very common. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> everyday man. That's why he was able to make such good music because he do he do the spirit of the everyday man because he mm. looked like the everyday man in the face. He do not mm. look like a rock star of the 70s. Like when you look at Isaac Hayes, Isaac Hayes looked like a rock star of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield did not. He he was very humbled. Oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. By his, mm. his life experience. Mm. And um, he said, I, I'm not going to let these people change how I present myself. I'm going to be me. He did that. He, he did. That's just my theory, friends. I, I don't know this man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. Uh, more importantly, I'm just glad that you are taking this journey with me into black exploitation, and I think that we have another black exploitation film coming up after this one, just to dig deep into it because we've done the drug dealers. Now it's time to get into this pimping. Pimping, pimping, baby. I don't so, know if I'm able to have the outfit for this next one, but I'm gonna work on it. I think that you haven't seen the movie yet, so you don't even know what the outfit should be. You're right. What should my outfit be? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't watch the movie yet. I know you haven't seen the movie yet. Okay. So um, we're just gonna we're just gonna um, go on with check out the next episode, guys, because it is going to be amazing. I'm super excited and can't wait. But if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our Cash App. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye.
Didn't have to be here You did 